Hello, welcome or welcome back to None of Your Business. I am your host, Noemi Blue, and this is episode two of the show. This week's topic is really exciting because this is where we really dig deep into pop culture and identity and exactly where they meet in the middle, which is perfect because this is exactly what None of Your Business was made for. So I hope you're as excited as I am. Thank you so much for being here. I also really wanted to thank everyone for listening to episode one and sending in nice notes and feedback and everything. If you would like to further support the show, you can leave it a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcast. And doing that really helps support the show because that way people can get it in their recommendation and know that it's approved by an audience. So I would really, really appreciate that. Otherwise, let's get into this week's topic. We're going to be covering a topic that is very, very interesting to analyze. But before we get into it, how are you doing? How are you? What are you up to? How are you feeling? I hope you're good. And... Yeah, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to have a, a cute little fun conversation. Um, so what I'm going to be talking about, if you've seen the title, we're going to be talking about the pressure to label yourself in your identity, especially in your sexuality. And also, we're going to be talking about um, that whole fascination that we have with celebrities and their relationships. And the two of them tie in together. So yeah, let's just dive into it um the first thing i want to say is obviously sexuality is a spectrum um it is a spectrum you're not no one is a hundred or well people say they are but i don't really i think you know we all have very complex identities and labels make it pretty tricky to fully understand the full scope of someone's identity and being you know that is something i was talking about in the very first episode of the podcast being a third culture kid it is quite tricky to define yourself when there is a label that when there's no label that really fully encompasses the full spectrum of your identity so obviously this is really relevant when it comes to sexuality i totally understand that it it is easier for people to digest if you fit in a box and the way you choose to identify, I think also when it comes to being somewhere along that spectrum, um, it's still something that is tricky for people to process. Um, and there's not a lot of representation in the media or in general for it. Um, and I think most of the experiences that are told, especially when it comes to bisexuality, for instance, are from people who are experiencing it as a phase and not a fully formed identity. But once again, not that I believe that identities need to be fully formed, but oftentimes people describe it as, you know, oh yeah, that was, I was bi, but now I'm fully gay, or things like that, you know, or like, oh yeah, it was a phase in college, or, you know, those stories are are very common. About identity, I do believe that it is something that is constantly developing, it is not necessarily fixed, um, and it doesn't necessarily have an end goal. You know, you you don't have to be on your journey, on your way to something. You can just be. So that is something I wanted to kind of... That was a little disclaimer. 
because then we have the concept of assigning a label to someone you do not know on a personal level and someone you've never really had a conversation with about that um and assigning a label to someone that you've only ever observed on a superficial level it's unfair obviously it's unfair to to think that you know what someone is um based on what you've seen instead of having um a conversation with them but i think it's also really it is really natural as a human it's obviously easier to process when you can put a name to someone's identity um but it's just not accurate it's not accurate to try to understand someone and how they exist only based on what you see and perceive and that's when the idea of celebrities and assigning labels to them comes in because it gets even harder especially for them i'm assuming when you have hundreds of millions of people who are constantly staring at you and you know trying to make something out of you because i think there comes a point where you kind of have to come to terms with the fact that no one will fully understand you which is a concept that is fairly present in most people's lives whether or not they have a celebrity status but i think it's emphasized when you're watched by so many um because not everyone will get it not everyone will get it and at the same time so much is expected of you um and so all that to say that that is why i respect when celebrities decide to keep parts of their lives private because i think it's something that if i had a certain um status in that way i would also do and it's something that i still do now you know when you have when you know especially with social media you know that people are watching you that's what happens i watch other people like we all do a little bit of stalking we like sneaking around and watching people um but not everyone has the best intentions and sometimes i'm like you know what i'm not going to talk about that with people i don't want them you know some people have don't have yeah your best interests at heart and sometimes you have to accept that and be like yeah i'll just keep that part of myself to myself you know um but can you imagine having millions of people watching you yeah obviously you're not going to reveal everything about yourself and especially not when it comes to your identity but yet that's exactly what we expect from celebrities we want to know their identity we want to know you know i think there is a certain belief that if you are a celebrity you kind of did that to yourself you're just expected to be a kind of concept that people can fully look at you know i don't know if that makes sense but hopefully it does um yeah people you're just expected to give so much you know and to be kind of public and also i think people aren't necessarily going to understand that information in a way that it deserves to be understood and they won't fully get it some people just don't get it you have people who have many different values and belief systems and sometimes you're like well that's my identity and i know that not everyone is going to get it so i'll just keep that to myself um i don't want them to ruin this for me i'm just going to not going to share it but when it comes to sexuality especially if you're non straight i think it really well it's getting better but there's not a ton of representation in the media especially when it comes to being a hundred of something you know being at the ends of the spectrum we have that a bit more now being in the middle though or somewhere along that spectrum 
that representation is way less common. And that is when labeling celebrities comes in because it allows us to have that representation. Whether or not it's been confirmed, fully confirmed, put into words, it allows us to see that specific person, be like, see how much love they're getting, and they're just like me. That's who they are, they're free to express themselves in a way that is understood, they're just like me, that is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it, that's where it comes in. But it is a bit different when you start pushing that onto people who haven't, you know, confirmed it because it's like, well, it's kind of none of your business, you know, you don't really know their lives and it's kind of something that is private and personal to to someone. Um, that's the next big thing I want to talk about. It's how you are free to not have a label to define whatever it is you're talking about, but especially sexuality, you are free to not use a label. We have so many different names for so many different things that I think that's when the pressure comes in of wanting to... You're like, oh, well, there's so many names I could use for myself. Why don't I pick one? Well, what if we pick none of those names? You know, what if... um, There's so many reasons for not having a name for whatever you're... It's something that is personal, you know? I think it kind of... It is funny when people are like oh, yeah, I'm not labeled. And people are like, oh, okay, so you're not labeled. And they they run with that in terms of, like, not labeled. They're like, that is a, a title on its own. You know what I saw last time? I saw a tweet being like, this is the not labeled flag. And I'm like, no, that's the whole point. It doesn't have a flag because you're not something. You're like, you're kind of moving away from that. Um, it's like when people say that they're non-binary and people are like, oh yeah, the third gender, right in the middle. No, that was the whole point of being non-binary. You don't have, you're not in the binary, so you can't, people can't define you. You know, you're not half man, half woman. You're like, you're not right in the middle. You're somewhere along that that spectrum and I think trying to understand that is also a form of respect for people. There are a few celebrities that have um either not talked about their sexualities or that have remained open about it they're like well yeah i don't want to put a label to it and that's great but not putting a label to it doesn't mean that you're something you know or maybe it just means that you don't want to share that with people like i've said before it's something that is personal to you and there was an article written Uh, when Harry's house came out and Harry was saying in it yeah I don't want to he was like yeah my family and my friends know this part of my life but it's just something I want to keep private and that is great that is totally you're right it doesn't mean one thing or the other and it doesn't mean that he's hiding a big conspiracy from people uh I listen That is what annoys me about all those assumptions and theories made about his private life. Because it is just not... It just is so restraining, I can imagine. You know what I was thinking also? I've been been saying that for so long. 
so I'm talking specifically about the way people are convinced that he is married to Louis Tomlinson from their band One Direction. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, people are convinced that they're married. Great. Sure. Um, do I believe in that? No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, like, maybe they were close friends and whatever. Maybe when they were 16 or something. I don't know. But at this point in time, do I believe that they're married? No. I think they both have different lives. And I think that hiding that relationship would not serve them in any way. You know, when people are like, oh my god, they're both dating separate women and it's a PR relationship. I don't think, you know, that is... First of all, okay, let's talk about Harry's relationship specifically right now. How do you have a PR relationship if you're not open about it? To make a reference to another couple that was really strange to look at. Um, they're not publicly kissing on Instagram and looking like two fish. You know what I mean? Do we remember that video? God. Um, yeah, the, you can't have a PR relationship if you're not promoting it. It kind of defeats the purpose. Like, if you're trying to hide it from people, it doesn't. It shouldn't really count as PR or as a quote-unquote stunt. Like, some people call it... I'm really riled up about this. Listen. Um, because it, it just bothers me. Because I do believe that even if Harry wanted to talk about his sexuality, it would have repercussions on Louis' life. It would have repercussions on other people. Because immediately people would just jump to that theory that I do believe is untrue. Um, so I just don't get why fans, I guess you could call them, are so focused on that when it really doesn't benefit them either. Like, I'm confused. I don't really see what the appeal of that is. I think when it comes to shipping, if you don't know what shipping is, shipping is basically putting two people together as a couple and being like oh my god they'd be so great as a couple right it is most of the time in theory it is not really a real thing um and i think it started off as characters so when you would watch a movie being like oh my god i ship those two like i want those two to be together the, when it crosses a line is when it gets to two real people and you really 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 do it intensely um like larry shippers have been doing for a decade i think that is when it really crosses a line because people get really uncomfortable what if it's not true what if you know what um i don't know how to say her last name lauren that girl from fifth harmony she was talking about that people were shipping her with camilla cabello the other girl from fifth harmony for years the whole time lauren was bi and she knew that about herself and it made her so uncomfortable to be associated with that to be shipped with her best friend because it made her feel like a predator you know that's kind of how people perceived her um when really she was just vibing with her friend um so i think it really creates issues and it, it is kind of a form of disrespect. I'm just trying to put myself in, in their shoes um, and kind of thinking like, oh, what if be everyone is convinced that you and your best friend are dating? It's just awkward. It's awkward and uh, there comes a point where you, you just know that every little thing you do 
is going to come back to that conclusion and it's gonna it's just yeah it's just funny when people are like oh they're never seen together well yeah i wouldn't want to be seen with someone that people are convinced i'm married to either when it's not the truth you know um i read an article that zayn malik also from one direction wrote or was interviewed for um it's from 2016 i believe so after he left the band and it was in the fader the magazine and this woman was asking him about um what shipping is so the article says one of the stranger things putting pressure on zane and the current members of one direction involves shipping short for relation shipping a short fiction genre that imagines celebrities in relationships with each other. In the case of the band, that often means matching the bandmates up with one another. Oh, and that's something else that the article says. It says, shipping affords its authors the chance to explore their own sexuality in a safe environment. Which is true. Like I said, you're kind of putting that label, projecting that whatever you're, you are, I guess, or whatever you feel like you are, onto someone so you can kind of explore that in a safe environment. Um, some shippers take things a step further, however, compiling meticulous research, footage of a clutched elbow in an interview, gifs of lingering glances at a show, in an attempt to prove that their fiction is based in reality. They become amateur sleuth, mining subtext deep in the singer's private lives in order to secure their place as insiders and prove that they're the band's number one fan. The more intrusive fan theories are premised on the idea that One Direction's management is carelessly covering up relationships. So I asked Zane, who has new management now and can presumably speak more freely, whether any of the stories are true. Basically, he says, knowing that everything you do will be parsed for subtext is a terrible mindfuck. See, that's what I was saying. Imagine having little, every single little bit of your behavior deeply analyzed and turned into something that it's not. Here's what Zane responds. There's no secret relationships going on with any of the band members, he explains. It's not funny, and it still continues to be quite hard for them. They won't naturally go put their arm around each other because they're conscious of this thing that's going on, which is not even true. They won't do that natural behavior, but it's just the way that fans are. They're so passionate, and once they get their head around an idea, that's the way it is regardless of anything. If it wasn't for that passionate, like, almost obsession, then we wouldn't have the success we had. I think it, yeah, it gets really interesting because obviously those public figures are aware that those people are the ones paying the bills. And so it's kind of like, well, you can't tell them to shut up. You can't tell them that what they're doing is deeply disrespectful because then what if they leave, you know? But I still think that whatever Zane said is super interesting because it's like, it continues to be quite hard for them. They won't put their armor on each other because they're conscious of the, of this thing that's going on, which is not even true, and they won't do that natural behavior. And, um, yeah, it just isn't comfortable. And I don't really... I think the article explains it pretty well, which is those fans get that opportunity to explore their own sexuality in a safe environment. I think it's taking it too far when it comes to real people and kind of all that conspiracy and deep, deep research um, going into it. You know what's also interesting? I think that if you convince yourself that anything is true, it literally can be anything. Let's say I'm like, oh, the sky is purple. We're just been, we've been tricked. 
and then every single thing that you do will lead back to that because you can literally twist anything i think yeah it's so easy it's so easy so that's what kind of annoys me because i think it is a form of disrespect and i don't get why you would disrespect someone that you admire um maybe you're not even aware that you're doing it but i think i'm glad that zane talked about that basically the other thing too is expecting to know about the actor's sexuality for them to step into a certain role um and be a certain character in a way i do understand the frustration when all of the queer representation in the media goes to straight actors but sometimes you just don't know you just don't know um there was that tweet made by someone who said if hollywood can stop hiring non-lgbtqia plus actors like lucas gage to play lgbtqia plus characters that would be great he has played four so far one was enough and lucas gage saw that tweet um he's an actor he was in white lotus euphoria um probably other things um and he said you don't know my alphabet and the guy responded then please enlighten the whole world and lucas gage said no heart emoji yeah i think it's you can't really expect people to talk about it i think if people have openly said oh yeah i'm fully straight and they keep on playing queer characters and i totally understand that however i think also having a certain character that you play as an actor can help you step into that identity that you're not you don't want to share with the world why wouldn't you want to share with the world well because sometimes it's none of their business it is such a private facet of someone's life that it is totally valid to want to keep that to yourself um i do understand though the frustration for it the frustration behind it rather um there was another thing that i saw online from casey mcquiston they're an author um they wrote one last stop they wrote red white and royal blue um and red white and royal blue is being made into a movie right now um and the story is about two um it's about a gay relationship between two guys so the it's being made into a movie and it got cast and everything and the two actors i think people don't know whether they're gay or straight basically like they're like oh no we got other straight actors to portray our favorite gay characters basically um so casey casey got a lot of backlash against that even though i don't i don't think that they're responsible for the casting decision they would have a hand in it but whatever the point is they talked about that it was in june and um they said three days into pride month and thinking about how compulsory outness isn't the same as progress and they said i mean i get it years ago i made a deal with myself after spending most of my 20s openly queer everywhere but at home that i would come out to my family before my first book i wanted to stand beside my work as an openly queer writer but there were still parts of my identity that i wasn't ready to share still contending with privately unsure if i would ever feel safe talking about it in public I learned pretty quickly that I would have to go from a lifetime of being religiously repressed and locked up for survival to 100% transparent about my identity 100% of the time. To be granted the grace to do my silly little gay books unharassed. But I needed to do it fast. It's ancient history now and I'm so far past it that I'm absolutely exhausted with coming out discourse. I'm out. I don't come out anymore to anyone. I don't have to. If you haven't inferred it from my work, you've read it in an article and if you haven't done either you can guess by looking at me if you can't you don't have the range to know me like that and getting here was traumatic being out after a lifetime of in was traumatic i don't wish it on any other privately queer artist trying to do queer art 
and I wish that wasn't a price we demanded. I'll repeat that again because I think it was really important what they said. I don't wish it on any other privately queer artist trying to do queer art, and I wish that wasn't a price we demanded. What I'm saying is, we don't know who's queer and who's not. We don't know the personal lives of people we've never met and have never told us how they identify. Assuming someone is straight or cis or treating them accordingly isn't always pushing things forward. Sometimes it's stripping away someone's right to privacy. Sometimes it's putting them in a position to choose between safety and the ability to connect with and explore their queerness. I know where we're coming from. I know it. I made my own choice. But the heart of my queerness is not a box or a locked door or a list posted on the street so everyone for better or worse can know. I just think we owe one another a little grace, a little good faith, maybe even some benefit of the doubt. That's all. What a message, right? What a message. Um, I think that was so important to share. It is coming from someone who was in that position and had to openly talk about it to be um, respected in the work that they were doing. Because Casey McQuiston writes queer romance books, basically. So they didn't want to be seen as someone who was just, I guess, exploiting that community or talking about something that they didn't know, um, which I think is super interesting. Let's meditate on that, right? And let's apply it to people that we see and whose sexualities we don't know. Once again, I totally understand the need to assign a label to someone. I just think it can be a little bit disrespectful sometimes. Another text that I saw from another um, queer artist is this time from Quinn Shepard. Quinn Shepard recently came out with a movie called Not Okay, she directed that, it was great, um, and I was kind of looking at her Instagram and I saw something that she posted a few years ago. She said, the idea of quote-unquote branding pollutes the personal journey. I've always felt that I contain many different selves, all of them distinctly me. To comfort myself, I say, you can be a duality. You can be both a girl and a woman, write highbrow cinema and wear pink glitter, work hard but sleep until 11, read The New Yorker and watch RuPaul. That is what being a human is. Intellect and impulsivity and humor and vanity and sensitivity and sadness and joy are not traits that negate each other. There is no shame in inconsistency. You do not exist as an art installation for audiences to review. You are not a finished product. You are a person. Which is so interesting because that is what happens when you kind of step into the public eye. Um, or in our case if you have less of an audience, when you even choose to portray yourself online. Because right away, you're, you become a brand. You become a brand. And like Quinn said, the idea of branding pollutes the personal journey. And we're all multidimensional. We all have different things. It's all complex. It's not black or white. It's all a gray area. And that is what we are as humans. You know? Something else I wanted to talk about is... Sometimes people straight up don't have an answer. They don't have an answer. I think what's interesting is like when people start pushing a sexuality on a 17-year-old and they're like, oh, but they're so young, they don't know. Sure, but I think it doesn't matter how old you are. Sometimes you just don't have an answer. You don't have the experience to back it up. And yet you can know. Um, but also... I feel like within the queer community sometimes there is there's often a need for labels and if you don't have one or don't want one then 
you kind of don't want to overstep, um, but also you don't want to feel left out. Um, there's been a lot of controversy regarding queer baiting recently, which has been, my God, tied in with cancel culture, you know, like just really, really damaging to someone's identity. Um, because it means that you have one shot, basically. What if, like Casey said, what if you don't, it doesn't mean that you're queer baiting, it just means that you're expressing yourself in whatever, and people are just straight away jumping to, jumping to conclusions about who you are as a person, and why it's bad that you're expressing yourself in that way, you know? Once again, that pressure to put labels on, on other people is really, I think, not good. You know what's interesting too? I've been reading a lot about, um, kind of people's lives in the 60s or 70s during that kind of free love movement and era and um people didn't have labels they didn't know what being bisexual was like I think you know that word probably existed but it's like the lack of labels people were just doing whatever and it didn't matter it didn't matter and it is interesting to look back on those people and um having people from the present assign those people from the past a label and kind of trying to interpret that story with our eyes from 2022. I think mostly about Freddie Mercury and David Bowie and kind of how they're also being invalidated as queer artists. Um, They're not being, well, okay, they're not being invalidated as queer artists. They're being invalidated as bisexual people, as people who were somewhere along that spectrum and not fully straight or not fully gay you know freddie mercury is often seen as like oh yeah he was a gay man i don't think he was you know they he talked a lot about his first love who was a woman david bowie was married to a woman you know and they're just the bi erasure that we see in the media is really upsetting and there's also a new thing of constantly needing to prove yourself uh, to not have your identity being validated. And I think that's why people struggle with the no-label labels. Because, like I said, yeah, that's become a new label on its own. Um, I thought we said... None of what I just discussed was meant to shame anyone who has partaken in those things. Uh, whether it be shipping celebrities together, whether it be assigning a label to someone that you don't know on a personal level... I think that is a natural thing to do. It is something that, you know, especially if you're in an online sphere, it becomes easy to just go with the flow and do whatever other people are doing. And that's fine, but I think some people take it a bit too far. Um, The thing that I've seen that is uh, the funniest to me, yet the saddest, is um, when people assume that Louis Tomlinson's baby is a robot. I think that is taking it a bit too far. People call that baby gate. Um, Listen... I think, do, do you ever look at yourself and think, that is a bit too much, I think we should slow down, please do, you know, like, that is a bit too invasive. Celebrities have eyes, they see what you're saying about them online, and it's really disrespectful, in my opinion. So maybe dial it down a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're all a little bit dead, and to close this off, I wanted to repeat the words that we've just heard. We're all a little bit gay, aren't we? Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I am so grateful. This is really fun to talk about. It is better than talking to myself about it. 
Listen, I love deep dives. I love analyzing. And I hope we all got a little bit something out of this. I think whatever those people said that I quoted was super interesting and things that we should all reflect on a little bit more. Once again, if you don't know where you are at in life, about your identity, whatever, that's okay. That's totally fine. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. And if you, even if you do know, you don't need to disclose that to anyone. If you want to disclose it, that's awesome. If you want to keep it to yourself, that's awesome. If you want to talk about it with a few people, cool. You know, once again, none of your business. No one's business. It is not of anyone's business. If you want to keep up to date with the new episodes coming out, please make sure to follow this podcast. You can also give it a rating on Spotify directly. And uh, if you want to recommend it to your friends, feel free to send it to them. Also, if you want to know what's up on the Instagram, I think I will be posting a bunch of more information and pop culture facts on there. It is at the nonpod, at the nonpod, like none of your business. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye! I mean, they're all a little bit, guys.